Good stuff. Turn with me to Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20. And uh, go ahead and bust into your uh, root beer if you want. <laughs> Beef jerky. Oh, man. I love, I love that. Thank you, Clint, for uh, just encouraging us. And uh, I love that song, personally. Uh, just that, that's that prayer. I want to be known as one who loves Jesus and uh, my family and you guys. It was a privilege to be here with you guys. I love gathering with you guys and seeking the Lord together. And like I said when we were ending worship, that just, just let's get our hearts ready to receive from the Lord because the um, Lord is wanting just to do some powerful things in our hearts, right? So just open our hearts and receive that from Him. <clears throat> so in, uh, oh, as, you guys probably already got to Revelation 3.20, but before I uh, start, last week we had the kids join uh, up front for some prayer ministry, the Abates did some teaching, and we've been teaching the kids how to hear the Lord, how to be a part of prayer, and move in the gifts of the Spirit, and um, yeah, it was kind of funny, because Charity said to me after church, she was like, well, uh, only one person got healed, and I said, only one person? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just messing around. <laughs> I'm just joking, uh, but uh, one person was healed. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. I guess uh, somebody came just with some pain in their body, and one of the adults, one of the kids, maybe it was you and another kid, laid hands on the, on the kid, and there was healing. At least that's what, we, that's what we know God did. Isn't that great? God is just doing some great stuff. I know the Lord is a healer, and he's doing some great stuff. So, all right. So in Revelation 3.20, those of you here last week, you'll remember we brought this up, this uh, verse up, and I want to go back to it today. It says in Revelation 3.20, Jesus is talking to the church, and he's talking to us, and he says, Behold... I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And so Jesus is talking to the church uh, of Laodicea, who's struggling with some some, uh, complacency and apathy and such. And he's speaking to them. This is a prophetic message from Jesus through the apostle John. And Jesus speaking to the church, and he's inviting them into something. And you'll notice what he says. He says, if, if you'll hear my voice and you'll open the door, I will come into him. The Lord's saying, I'm gonna, I want to come into you. I want to dine with you. And last week we looked at this verse that more than anything, the essence of what the Lord wants is that he wants intimate friendship with us. He wants to commune with us, dine with us. He wants... Uh, friendship with us. And we talked about that last week. And, and I know many of you who are here, you, the Lord is just drawing you to connect with him. And those of you who weren't here, just get, get the CD. And this is what we've been learning. We've been in this series for the last couple of weeks, learning the promise that Jesus told the disciples. They will all be taught by God. And he was talking you and me. He was saying that those people who have been born again, who have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. He says they will be taught by God. It's one of the blessings of being born again. It's one of the uh, uh, inheritances that a child of God receives. That if you are a child of God, you can be led by the Spirit. Romans 8 says that as many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. If you're a child of God, if you're a son or daughter of God, you can be led by the Spirit. You can hear God. He wants to teach you. And this is exactly what's going on in Revelation chapter 3. 
is he's, he's coming to the church. He's not dead, right? He's not dead. Jesus is alive. And he's speaking through the apostle John in Revelation to these churches saying, I'm knocking, I'm knocking, I'm knocking. But notice what he says. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice, so how does he knock? He's knocking with his voice. See, the Lord's invitation to you for intimate friendship with him, his invitation to you even for breakthrough that you need in your life, it comes to you through his voice. That he wants to speak to you. And you need that. We need to hear the Lord if we're going to get those breakthroughs in our life. And if we're going to go deeper into the things that the Lord has for us, we need to hear the Lord. Think about every time when Jesus would teach the word, he would say, and let him who has ears, or him who has ears, let him hear what was he saying? He's, I'm teaching the word here. I'm preaching the gospel to you, but do you hear it, right? Same thing Jesus is saying right here. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice, not just if anybody hears some preacher up there, not, if, not just if anybody hears the Bible being read, but if anybody hears my voice. See, we've been learning that the Lord wants to teach us, and we've learned, and you've heard me use this metaphor, that if we're good stewards, if we're good managers of somebody else's property, if he's the owner and we're the manager, we need the manual and we need to have a meeting with the, man, with the owner, right? You need the operating manual. If you're the owner, I mean, if you're the manager of somebody else's stuff, you need the, op- you need the owner's operating manual. You need to be able to consult that manual and know what he wants. What color does he want the store to be? You know, what does he, how does he want you to run things? What percentage does he want from the, the income of the business, right? He's the owner, you're the manager. But not just a manual. We don't just need a manual. We don't just need principles. We need to meet with the owner, don't we? You might have a problem. You might have an issue. You're trying to serve the Lord. You're trying to live for his glory. You're trying to manage his money, manage his uh, relationships, manage the ministry God has given to you. But you need a strategy. You need a solution. You need wisdom that you don't have. So what do you do? You call up the owner. So we don't just need the manual, which is the scriptures, right? We need to have a meeting with the owner. See, the... We've been learning that the Holy Spirit, he wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into all truth. And he gave you the scriptures. And so, so much of what you and I need to know is right there in the word of God. Right there, clear as day, black and white. And yet, we need the Holy Spirit, the one who wrote the Bible, to lead us into that truth. We need the Holy Spirit's help. You remember Jesus said it this way in John 16. Just by way of review, it's so good for us to hear these things. Listen to John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, verse 13, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak, I'm sorry, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak And he will tell you 
things to come. See, you and I, we need the Holy Spirit's help to even interpret the scriptures correctly. The Holy Spirit illuminates interpretation. We need the Holy Spirit to know how to personalize, how to apply the Bible. How do you know how to put these things, these various principles of the Bible, into practice without the help of the Holy Spirit? You and I need the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. We need the Holy Spirit's help to say, this son, this daughter, this is how you can apply this to your life. This is what this means for you. Can you imagine getting saved? And then the moment you get saved, you know everything that's wrong with you. Be a little bit overwhelming, yeah? He's not like that, is he? But the Holy Spirit, as you walk with him, as you walk with Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes alongside you and says, this is what I'm saying to you now. This is what you need to be working on now. What he'll do is he'll shine a light upon those portions of Scripture that you need to understand and that apply to you right here, right now. There are general principles in the Bible and so many things, like we've said, are in the manual. Right and wrong, black and white, like we said. And yet, there are strategies you need for your life. You need breakthrough right here, right now. And what do you need? Oh, it's in the Bible. But you need the help of the Holy Spirit to lead you into that victory. To lead you into that revelation, knowledge of how to apply that to you. And not only that, the Holy Spirit empowers us to obey God too, right? Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. We can't even obey God without the power of the Holy Spirit. So, see, we need the Holy Spirit's help. God knew that, didn't he? He knew. He didn't, he didn't just, like, mail the Bible to us from heaven, did he? No, he wrote the Bible through people. But he also gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus says, I want to teach you guys a lot of things. I mean, Jesus in the flesh, the word in the flesh on earth. And he says to the disciples, you guys just can't handle what I want to teach you right now. That's pretty hardcore, right? That's just like us as we're on our journey with the Lord. You're walking with Jesus. But there are just things that you're not able to carry yet. But he says, trust me, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. In 1 John chapter 2, it says that we have the anointing which teaches us. The anointing, referring to the Holy Spirit being poured out into us. We have the anointing that teaches us. Jesus has promised not to leave us alone, not to leave us in the dark, in blind, just trying to figure things out. And I know sometimes many of you feel like that. You feel like that, God, what do you want me to do? What's your will? We, get, we, we struggle, we get confused and stuff. None of that's from the Lord, by the way, Right? A lot of times the struggle, that's in the flesh. The struggle's in the, yeah, because we don't know. We're human beings. But Jesus said he'll guide you into all truth. And of course in John 8 he said, and the truth will set you free, right? And he says he'll show you things to come. How do you know what decision to make tomorrow? How do you know which job to take? How do you know what to do? He says, the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. He'll tell you what you need to do. And so trust the Lord that if you're his child, he loves you and he's with you. And he wants to teach you. He wants to lead you. And he's given you his Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. Amen? But you don't just need the manual, you need the meeting. You need the Holy Spirit. We need to inquire of the Lord. 
And of course, that's what the Lord wants us to learn. It's what he wants us to, he wants to teach us. Think about it, how this worked with people like Joshua, David. Think about the stories in the Bible. These people didn't just have the Bible. The very Bible that God gave them to read told them they need to inquire of the Lord. Think about Joshua. He was told in Joshua 1.8, he said, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate in it day and night. So Joshua was told, and Joshua was not a, a pastor, he was a military leader, right? He had a lot of things to do, but he was told, Joshua, this is the number one thing you need to do in order to be the man of God that I've called you to be, in order to lead the people to fulfill your calling. And you and I are not different than Joshua, are we? You need this too. God said to him, Joshua, you meditate my word day and night. Day and night. So Joshua was supposed to be a man who meditated on the word of God, who gave himself to the word of God constantly. See, listen, people who were led by the Spirit, people who hear God's voice, who have that illumination, who have that personalization from the Lord, they give themselves to the word. I'm telling you there is a direct correlation between giving yourself to the word of God Hunger, desire, seeking, studying, meditating, memorizing the Word of God and being led by the Spirit. There's a direct correlation. And Joshua was supposed to be this man who delighted in the Word of God. That's what God was trying to teach him. If you'll delight in my Word, he says, so meditate the Word day and night, that you may be able, that you may do, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. See, him meditating the word unlocked understanding in his own heart. Him meditating the word positioned himself to believe God and to obey God. Did you see that? That you may observe to do according to all that was written in it. According to all that is written in it. Not just you'll do what's written, but you'll do in accordance to what's written. Meaning that in everything that you do, you'll be in line with the word of God. See, Joshua, he came up against the Jordan River that was overflowing because it was rainy season. And God spoke to him and said, now I want the priests to walk into the river before all the people while it's still flooding and stand there and then I'll stop the water. If Joshua didn't hear God, would he have had the river stop? No. He had to hear timely instruction of how God wanted to stop the Jordan River so that the people could walk through it. Did, did he just read the story of Moses and say, okay, well, Moses, he lifted up the staff. And then God sent a big strong wind and then the Red Sea was split. So that's how it's going to work this time because I read the Bible and so, so it always has to happen that way because that's how it is in the manual. No, he read the Bible and he sees that in the manual, nothing is impossible to God. Yeah? And he read in the manual, do what God says. <laughs> right? Well, God told Moses to do it that way, so I'll do it that way. And that's how Moses did it. And what happened was, as Joshua meditates the word, his faith is built, 
And he begins to align his heart with God so that when he hears God say, send the priests into the Jordan River, that thing will stop and you guys will walk through. He does it. He does it. Did the Old Testament Torah, did the first five books in the Bible, does it, does it say anywhere in the first five books of the Bible, walk around a city seven times, or one, one time every six, for six days, and then on the seventh day walk around seven times, and then shout to it, and then the walls will fall down? Is that in the Bible? It's only in the Bible because Joshua did it, right? It's only in the Bible because there's a testimony of a who heard God and did it. What's the principle? That you're supposed to walk around something seven times? No. If God tells you to do that, that's the principle. The principle is that a man believed God and did what he said. But how is it that Joshua heard to obey? How is it that he was a man who was ready to observe to do according to all that is written in it? How is it that he heard God to walk around those walls and shout, and how is it that he even had the faith to do it? Because there's a lot of things that we hear, and we just don't have the faith. How? By meditating the Word. But what I'm saying is, as you're meditating the Word of God, as you're giving yourself to seeking God, like we've been talking about in Proverbs 2, searching out the Word of God like it's treasure, like you're on a treasure hunt, crying out to God for insight and understanding. Come to you. I don't know what to do. That when you position your heart in humility, in hunger for God to speak to you and lead you, when you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and when you humble yourself by not depending on your own understanding, if you will do that, He will speak to you. I promise you. Because He promised it. Yeah? Don't say, I can't hear God. He promised you can. But you've got to do what he said, yeah? Think about David. Wasn't David a man of the word of God? I mean, come on. He would sing the word. He would pray the word. He'd meditate the word all the time. He was a man of the word. He would study the word. And he lived by such principles. See, people who are led by the spirit, they often do things just by principle. For example, he wouldn't kill King Saul. Do you remember that? Two times he could have killed King Saul. Two times. In fact, what was really weird about the first time was he was in this cave. And somewhere along the line, King David, or he wasn't king yet, had a prophetic word from God. He had a prophetic word from God. And the word was, God said he would hand your enemy into your hands to do with him as you please. We'll talk about this more, how we need to be led and even discern how to interpret prophetic words and dreams and such. We're not just to be led by other people's prophetic words, by dreams, by signs, by opening closed doors. No, we need to hear from the Lord. And we always balance or test the, word, the prophetic words and such against the written word. So David had this prophetic word that I'm going to give your enemy into your hand. And he's in this cave and Lo and behold, here comes King Saul needing to go to the bathroom and he goes into this cave and he's going to the bathroom. And his King David's friends or, 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 or the fugitive David at that time's friends say, oh, this, is, this is it, this is what God said. You can kill him. 
And David wouldn't do it. In fact, King Saul left. David cut off a piece of his garment and even felt bad about that. Such a man of uh, consciousness at that point, you know. Other times he had hardened his heart. King Saul left the cave and David so believed the word of God over his own life. David so believed that he was going to be king, which was a prophetic word over David's life, right? David had the word of God over his life. You will be king. He so believed the word of God that he walked out of the cave, went to Saul. He might have been 20 feet away or so. I mean, he wasn't like super, super close. And he bowed his face to the ground and said to Saul, why are you trying to kill me? See, I could have killed you right now and I didn't. And why? David said, because... I remember the exact phrase that he said. <laughs> My brain went blank. He basically said, I don't want to become like you. <laughs> he said, wicked people do wicked things, basically. He said, I don't want to become wicked. And he said, who, who am I to touch the Lord's anointed? Listen, he lived by principles. He lived by certain principles of honor, of submission to authority, he, integrity. He understood, look, God will vindicate me, right? We know the scriptures, right? You know, revenge, you know, uh, uh, Ah, sorry, my brain's blanking here. The vengeance belongs to the Lord. And not take it into our own hands. David understood these things. He understood these things and he lived by these principles. See, he interpreted even the prophetic word to him. The king will be given into your own hands. He interpreted it according to the word of God. And in that instance, he was living by principle. But what was David supposed to do every time he came up against an enemy? Did the Bible tell him how to defeat the enemy or if he should go to battle or not? No. David said he, he knew the promises of the word of God that I'll be with you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he knew the promises. That's the written word. But David would go before the Lord and the Bible uses the word consult the Lord. He would inquire or consult of the Lord. This was a regular practice for David. This is what we need to do. Become people who not only meditate the word day and night, but like David, consult the word. Like in Psalm 27, 4, when David said, one thing I've asked the Lord, this is what I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon his beauty, and to seek him, or literally to inquire of him in his temple. This was the practice of David's life. Constantly in, G in, in God's presence. Constantly worshiping the Lord. And beholding the beauty of God. And constantly inquiring of the Lord. So what would happen when an enemy came up against David? David would say, God, what do you want me to do? Right? Remember that time when he lost everything? Everything. They burned his city Ziklag to the ground. They took his own wives and children. Plus all the wives and children of other men. And all their stuff. Everything's gone and his own men who have trusted him, his own men who would likely would have died for him in any other situation are talking about stoning him. He's lost everything. To him, this could be the end. And it says in 1 Samuel 30, it says he strengthened himself in God. He did what he'd been doing. He began to worship the Lord. He began to cry out to God. And God spoke to him, you're going to restore, I'm going to restore everything to you. And he asked God, what do you want me to do? 
Go after him. And David did. And guess what? Got everything back and more. You can't just read the Bible. You need to hear the voice of the Lord knocking on your heart. We need the Word of God, and we need to go after the Word of God, but the Spirit wants to lead you into all truth, and we need Him to, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us through the Word of God these things. I'm giving you these examples because these were men who meditated the Word and who lived many times by principles, but who understood a very core principle. I need to ask God. It was never just about principles as if the Bible is God, but the Bible is his word. They understood that the same God who gave me the law, the Bible, the truths, is the same God who loves me and whom I'm in covenant with and wants to lead me. It's a real friendship, amen? He's real. Sometimes you have people who diminish the importance of the written word. Oh, we have the Holy Spirit, we don't need the written word. But then that's like pretty demeaning to God, isn't it? I don't need your Bible that you wrote, that you worked really hard to make sure it was preserved for me, translated into my language, yeah. <laughs> that you told us to meditate on. You know, I mean, it's pretty demeaning, right? It's pretty, pretty demeaning uh, to the owner, to God, to say like, asking him questions like we've said before, asking questions that you don't consult in the word, right? when certain things are just very clear in the Word of God. And yet, to have the written Word and to say to Him, basically in our actions, no, 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 I don't, I don't need you to talk to me right now. I've got your Bible. I don't really actually want you to talk to me, right? Or to actually pridefully think, I can figure this thing out on my own because I have your Bible. No. Yeah, of course we need the written Word and we need the leading of the Spirit, amen? Even Jesus... Even Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. Right? And aren't we supposed to be just like Jesus? Jesus was led by the Spirit. Oh, of course he lived by the Word. He never doubted God. He never disobeyed God. Never sinned. Of course he lived by the Word. But he always sought God. What do you want me to do? The Apostle Paul, and this is true of Jesus, well, let me say this about Jesus and then Paul. Even Jesus, for his own calling, quoted the Bible, didn't he? There's a reason why. So when, G- when they asked Jesus about his calling, or rather, I shouldn't say that because they weren't asking him. At one point, they did ask Jesus, and he, and he did say something, but when he was in the synagogues and he would declare to the people, and he would often do this, he would declare to them what his purpose was, what his ministry was. What did he read from? Isaiah 61, right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to preach the good news and heal the broken heart and all that. Jesus' own sense of calling came from the Word of God. How does that work? It's because Jesus, as he grew up learning the word of God, right? God, his father, spoke to him. He said, that's you. 
See, Jesus needed the revelation from God to know that was for him. The same thing happened for the Apostle Paul. Do you remember when in, um, in Acts 13, you can turn there if you want, but do you remember in Acts 13 when uh, the Apostle Paul, he was uh, praying in, um, in Antioch where he'd been teaching for a little while. And he's in, uh, he's in a prayer meeting. It says in Acts 13, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manane, who had been brought up with the hair to Tetrarch, and Saul. Saul was the name of Paul before he was changed, his name was changed to Paul. And it says here what they were doing. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So here's what's going on. These guys are like the elders in the church. These guys are some of the prophets and some of the teachers. Some of the elders in the Antioch church that were discipling the rest of the other church. These are some of the leaders in the church. And they get together for a prayer meeting. It says they were ministering to the Lord. They were in a context of worship. In the context of worship and they were fasting. And this is often helps us to, to be in an atmosphere where we can hear from the Lord. It's not earning him, his attention. It's posi- positioning us to receive, right? And as they're ministering to the Lord and fasting, it says this, the, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, now set apart to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, how did they hear that? What does that mean when the Holy Spirit said? Is that like one of those corny Weird movies where, there's one thing I don't like about Christian films a lot of times. Set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. What? No. I'll talk to you more about that later. (laughs) You know how they heard that, right? Through a person. Somebody prophesied it. Somebody said, hey, the Spirit's saying set apart Paul and Barnabas for the ministry that I've called them to. See, a lot of times, very specific things, the Lord might witness to your own spirit. He might say it to you while we're worshiping, but he might likely just prophesy it through somebody. But is this one of those prophecies where, like, you're going to marry Greta? Like, is this one of those prophecies where, like, I tell you what to do? Did, did, did the prophets say, the Holy Spirit is saying that uh, you need to give me a million dollars and uh, give me your car? Is this manipulative? No. Notice what it says. Now, so separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I, I have called them. Well, how would Paul and Barnabas know what that was? How would they even know what that was? Obviously, something was going on here, yeah? Let me show you what was going on. What happens is, they get sent out in verse 3, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And what happened was, Paul and Barnabas started going around to cities, and they would start with urban centers, urban or metropolitan centers. They would go into synagogues, and they would preach the gospel to Jews and those who were not Jews, but who had gathered in the synagogues, usually called God-fearers and such, they were Gentiles, non-Jews, who were interested in the gospel. Or, I mean, sorry, interested in Judaism. 
and then they would hear the gospel, and sometimes Jews would get saved, but then these Gentiles would come to Jesus. These non-Jews would come to Jesus, and they would start this, okay? So Paul and Barnabas, they would go to Cy- Cy- you know, Cyprus, and they go over here to Antioch, to another Antioch, and they go to these major metropolitan centers for the most part, and then they sometimes would go to the satellite cities, but what they would do is they would get people saved, they would bring people to Jesus, and then they would form a church the ecclesia, right? The gathering of believers. And they would appoint elders over them and say, okay, okay, now you guys shepherd these, these, this church. Okay, you shepherd it, follow Jesus, stay in the grace of God. Okay, we'll see you later. Then they would go to another city and another city and they came back around, they came back to Antioch. That's what they did. That was obviously the ministry that they were called to, right? How did they know to do that? Where'd they get all that from? What we, do, what we find out is later in verse 47, Paul tells the people he's ministering to why he's there. And he says to them, verse 47, For the, so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. What's going on there? Paul says to these people, he says, listen, I'm here because Jesus, the Lord, commanded us. What did he he command you guys? He commanded us that you, or God says, God said to them, I have set you as a light. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Listen, that scripture is from Isaiah, and it's about Jesus. Paul stole that verse from Jesus. How dare he, right? He stole that verse from Jesus. Here's what was going on. Paul, like Joshua, like David, a man of the word of God, seeking God, reading the Bible, he's reading through Isaiah, and he's coming to an understanding that this Messiah... This Jesus wasn't just sent to save Jewish people, because Jesus is a Jewish, it is Jewish, right? But was sent to save all the earth, that all the nations would come to know Jesus through the preaching of the gospel, that that's why he shed his blood. And he's, Paul's reading this, and of course his eyes are open now that he's encountered Jesus, and Paul's born again believer, and he's reading Isaiah, and he's catching this in his spirit, that this is the ministry of Jesus. Which it is. This is all, this is what Jesus is about. Okay. And guess what happens? At some point, however it happened, who knows? Could have been Paul and Barnabas talking, could have been in their prayer time, could have been while they were hearing the word preached, could have been all the above. That's how it works for us. They're reading through this, or they're studying this, or they're hearing this preached, and something happens on the inside of them, Paul and Barnabas, and they're like, "Mm, Jesus has commanded us to be lights to the Gentiles. We need to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles all over the Roman world. Where did they get that from? From that verse that they stole from Jesus. What's happening? Listen. You and I are part of the body of Christ. If it's his ministry, it's your ministry, right? And yet you have a specific assignment from the Lord. And Paul and Barnabas, they caught something from God. But did you notice it says the Lord commanded us? The Lord commanded us. They realized this isn't just a general verse. 
This one's for me. And something started happening on the inside of them that they realized, hey, 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 I know what we need to do. We need to go to the synagogues and preach the gospel and plant churches. They didn't even use that language, but you know what I'm saying, right? Where did they get all that strategy from? Where did they get all that strategy? Hey, and we'll go to the urban centers, okay? We'll go to the urban centers and we'll raise up churches. And then those churches, we'll start planting churches in all the other villages and towns. Where did they get that from? Because that's what they did. That's what they did. Paul's goal was to have a church in every city. He says it in Titus chapter 1. He, we see his strategy play out in Acts 19. Where did he get all that from? From the Holy Spirit. And even as he would journey through, he'd, be, he'd have his agenda, and then the Holy Spirit would direct him to different places. We'll talk about that later. My point is this. Where did Jesus' calling come from? Where did Paul's calling come from? It came from the Spirit of God illuminating, revealing, applying Scripture to them. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you through the Word of God. The word revelation means when something is rended or unveiled, when a veil is rended. It's when something that has always been there, obvious, all of a sudden unveiled to you. It's not good enough that, okay, Jesus died for people. No, he died for you. And you need a revelation of that. And only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. That he loves you. That he's your father. And that you have a calling. And I, am, I guarantee it. I am completely convinced. If you give yourself to seeking after the Lord. And seeking and meditating the word of God. He will speak to you from the word of God. That might not happen quite like I just described with Paul. Or it might not happen like it's happened with me. But it's going to happen. In fact, I bet many of you already have certain scriptures that you might even call life verses that have already been spoken to you from the Spirit. You may just not fully realize it. But how are you going to know what your calling is or what your identity is? The Holy Spirit wants to reveal it to you through the Word. Now, it might come through a prophetic word. Did you notice how this all worked? They're hearing God from the Bible, but then prophets speak to them and say, now is the time, go. And it witnessed with their own spirit. It witnessed with what they'd already heard from God through the Spirit, from the Spirit through the Bible. You see that? That, that is so often how God speaks, by the way. It's not just one thing. He'll start ministering to you from the Word. Somebody will give you a prophetic word. There's so many different ways that the Lord would speak, but oftentimes they're like puzzle pieces that he puts together. And it's then that you realize what he's doing. This is why Paul prays this prayer. I brought up the word revelation because Paul prays this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. And he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. I pray that for you so often because I'm convinced that when I teach the word of God, it's not so that you'll hear me, but that you'll be taught by God. If the Bible says they'll all be taught by God, when I'm teaching the word to you, preaching the word to you, it's so that you would be taught by God. 
And so I ask God, give them wisdom and revelation from your spirit. Give them the spirit, the Holy Spirit, of wisdom and revelation. That's his job. That's his title. That's his function. He's the one who guides, reveals, illuminates, gives wisdom, gives revelation. God, speak to your people. Give them wisdom and revelation. Rend that veil that they'd see that these promises are for them. These commandments are to them. Personalize it to them. Speak to them and give them the wisdom and the understanding and the power to be able to live it out. That's what Paul's praying. That's what the Lord's praying for you. He wants to teach you. And I'm telling you, if you'll give yourself to the word and you'll meditate the word, he'll speak to you. But listen, sometimes it happens just when you're hearing the word preached. One word from God can change everything. This is why I'll listen to the word a lot. This is why I'll study the word. This is why I meditate the word. And the thing is, is for me, because I'm called to shepherd you, feed you, teach you, as part of my calling, part of my calling that the Lord has revealed to me from the scriptures. I don't have time to go into that, but even my own calling, the Lord has illuminated to me right from the word of God. So I understand my assignment as a shepherd. And, and, and even as I'm studying the word of God for me, but I also study the word of God for you as part of being a shepherd. That I pray for me, my family, and I pray for you. I study the word for me and for And so much of what I hear from God is actually for you. I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, boy, I hear it from the Lord a lot, relatively. You know, I don't, there's probably people who hear God more than me. But I thought, yeah, but most of the time it's for other people. <laughs> you know? I hear God for me. But sometimes when I'm telling you stories about hearing God, I think about it for a second. It's for you. (laughs) He loves you. (laughs) And he wants to speak to you. I'm telling you one word from God. The Bible says in Romans 10, 7. 10, 17, I mean. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. The context is the preaching of the word. That as you hear the word of God preached to you from people who have faith, from people who have anointing, that you will hear the Lord. Just like Joshua, your faith, your faith will be awakened, your faith will grow, and you'll hear the Spirit illuminate things to you. The Lord will reveal those things to you even as you hear the Word. I remember uh, one time Paul was preaching. It's my, one of my favorite stories, Acts 14. He's preaching, and there's a man listening who's a pagan, doesn't know God, and he's crippled, never walked. His legs are shriveled. He's lame. He's never walked, and he's never known God. And Paul's preaching the gospel. Paul and Barnabas are there, and he's preaching the gospel. And it says, as Paul preached the gospel, I'm sure there was more people then there than there, there are even in this room, right? And he's preaching the gospel and he looks out in the crowd and he sees this man who's crippled and I'm sure there was a bunch of other people and he sees, the Bible says, he saw that the man had faith to be saved. Faith to be saved. So he says to the man, get up. Didn't lead him in a sinner's prayer. He said, get up. And the man got up, completely healed, instantaneously.
strength went into his legs that he hadn't had for some 40 years, right? Bam! Healed. One word from God, one sermon, one message this man was listening to. One time, sitting there, what if he hadn't been there? So I'm telling you, if we'll have an understanding that, that through the word of God, I can receive revelation from about who I am, who God is, my calling. I can receive breakthrough in my life, healing, deliverance, freedom, that the spirit of the living God will release that revelation as I hear the word of God preached or as I meditate the word, which basically means preaching it to yourself. If we have that understanding, oh, it doesn't have to take long. That man, one message, one word, get up. Boom, he gets up and he's healed. I remember one time, just to give you an example of here. Remember one time I had a word of knowledge. So that God just tells us something that he wants to do. And he saw God wanting to heal chemicals in people's bodies that were causing pain. I didn't even know fully what that all is. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I stood up and here and... I said that. God wants to heal people with chemicals causing pain. And so I said, go ahead and just posture yourself to receive from the Lord right now. People did. And I, all I said was, in the name of Jesus, get out. I was done. I didn't need to say anything else. That was it. I sat down. Nobody said anything. There was no testimonies. I think a couple weeks later, or maybe even a month later, a woman of God in our church comes up to me and says, that night, that night, oh no, let me give you the backstory. She said, I hadn't been able to move my knee for weeks. It was, it was bloated. Something was wrong with her knee. She couldn't bend it. It was full of pain. She, I don't even know if she knew what it was. But, you know, either way, it hurt, right? And she couldn't bend it. Something was inside her leg, right? Probably some sort of fluid or something. She says, that night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and my knee was on fire. Obviously, the feeling of, not literally, right? Felt like it was on fire. What is that, by the way? That's the presence of God. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit. The heat of God was on her knee, and the swelling went down, and the pain went away, and she was healed. Amen? Praise God, huh? Why did that happen? Because not only did I hear God and speak it, the power of the word being spoken out, but who received it with faith? She did. One word can change everything. Physical, inner healing, whatever. Strategy for a breakthrough in anything that's going on in your life. You can hear the Lord as you hear the word preached, as you, as you meditate the word, you can hear the Lord. Amen? And today, I want to have Clint come back up again because before we leave, we believe that the Lord wants to minister some of this healing to you, some of this freedom, some of this deliverance to you. We've been just sensing from the Lord that we would have the prayer teams come up here and that, and that you would receive from the Lord. And so, Clint, take it away. All right. Yeah, prayer teams.